0: From DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Superflex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Superflex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Superflex flywheel, exercises like Tenderflex, Super 6, You're Nuts, and next week this week... The Super Show's super friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest growing fantasy football format, Superflex. On the Superflex Super Show, enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy.
1: You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season.
0: Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Fellas, it is episode 499, one away from big number 500, Ryan. I can't believe we have 500 episodes of the DLF Dynasty Podcast almost in the books, you and I and, and Matt, of course, as well. We've we've been around for two hundred plus of those, but uh, but you know we've listened to them all before yeah. that. I just can't believe it's almost five hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah, crazy. As as far as I know, I, I think this is true that the DLF Dynasty Podcast was the first dynasty specific podcast out there, and of course, since then, uh, which is is great news for all of us. There have been so many more, so much dynasty content out there now but it's it feels good to say we were the first ones
0: yeah that feels great matt you're you've been around for 200 plus episodes of the podcast you know the three of us have been together for quite a while now we've been doing this for a long time i I just can't believe it's going to be 500
2: yeah i think i look back uh episode 208 was my first appearance as like kind of a guest spot i think 233 was the the first one i joined as a Part of the full-time part of the staff, so it's been been a while. We'll have to do another like kind of celebration at like five twenty or something because that'll be like ten years if we one one per week per ten years is five twenty. Oh, think. okay. So we're almost almost ten years. Uh, this show has been in existence, which is holy, cow. pretty we... crazy when you think about uh, you know Dynasty yeah. in general.
0: Absolutely, we are going to celebrate episode five hundred. An extra episode will be released uh late this week or early in the weekend maybe we'll see how it all comes together and then we'll have our regularly scheduled show number 501 early next week as well so we got some fun stuff coming up we're going to we're going to get into that uh in the next couple of weeks but first we should finish up our uh, consensus ranking shows. We've done running backs. We've done wide receivers. Now it's time to hit on the quarterbacks and the tight ends all in one episode, and we better get to it if we're going to get to it all. We're going to start under center with the quarterbacks, guys. And there were two quarterbacks that hit all three of our Tier 1s. It was Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Ryan, you and I had just those two signal callers in our first tier, um talk to me about Mahomes and Allen why you think they kind of separate themselves from the rest of the
1: group well it it, it certainly could be a little bit of recency bias and uh if that's the case yeah, if yeah. that's <laughs> the case I, I won't even blame myself or you Dan or anybody else because that just what an amazing game from those two uh this past weekend um but in reality looking big picture here you had that That group, uh, including Mahomes and Allen, along with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, that was kind of the top tier entering the season. And I think for much of the season, all four of those players disappointed, whether it was due to injury. uh, Some of them seemed to to, they they weren't playing up to their upside or at least their perceived upside. And and I I think for the majority of the season, we viewed all four of those players as as, uh, losing a little bit of dynasty value, coming back to the pack with some of the other quarterbacks kind of closing on them. But the way we saw Allen and Mahomes not only finish the regular season, but certainly what we've seen the past couple weeks, it's, it's, it's had an impact. And I do feel like there is a gap between those two and, and everyone else at this point.
0: Personally, I feel like there's a line there. It might be a gray line, not a, not a dark sharpie line, um, but there's there's a small tear break for me between Mahomes and Allen, and then that that next group of of about four mm-hmm. quarterbacks that we're going to get to in a few minutes for all the reasons you mentioned. Also, it feels like now we're we're doing this consistently with these two players, Mahomes and Allen. Um, sure, there have been the ups and downs, maybe maybe a little less consistent, elite type fantasy performances compared to years past, but. I think the NFL in general, quarterbacking in general this season and certainly fantasy scoring from the quarterback position was relatively down. We, we you know, we saw the league switch to that cover 2 shell to try to keep the football in front of them all the time, prevent the big play and that that affected our game quite a bit. So, we need the upside of these these top two tiers of players, like I said, I think there's a, a real thin line between these two guys in the next group. Matt, on the other hand, you you decided that Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray uh, deserve to be in this tier. Talk to talk to us about why you think those two uh, should be involved there.
2: Yeah, I just I just think the line is so, you guys alluded to it. The line is so small. I mean, if you want to draw a line between. Mahomes and Allen and the, uh, and the and the rest of the the tier two guys uh, as we've ended up with a consensus. I understand that, but for me, Lamar Jackson, like once the, the reason why I think he, he's actually my quarterback one overall in, in Dynasty right now, uh, and the reason for that is is that when everything comes together, when the rushing. Uh, the rushing is almost always there, but when the passing numbers catch up to the rushing numbers, then you have something truly special. At 2019 season, he averaged over 28 points per game. That's the highest from a quarterback in the last decade. Uh, so I just don't think anybody else really has his upside when everything's firing uh, for Lamar Jackson. And he had you know nagging injuries last season. He was sick a lot, so I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I just think when the stars align, he represents the the most productive quarterback uh, in fantasy football. And then with Kyler Murray, I mean, it's, I think it's Kyler Murray maybe is the one that you could maybe push down. He didn't have a stellar season. He got banged up again. And with him, I think that the injuries really do stack up and you can tell a difference between when he's playing fully healthy and not, but just like Jackson, he can do more than the other two. Uh, you know, maybe it's a toss up with Allen. you know, Allen I, I know runs a lot too. Um, but that, that rushing upside that he presents too, is enough for him to put me for me to put him in that top tier uh, with Mahomes and Allen, you know, Mahomes had that nice run in the playoff game, but for the most part, he doesn't run a lot. You like him because of the consistency, because of the lead production, because of the offense around him. Uh, and, uh, so I don't know, I, I understand drawing a line, but for me, they're kind of all in the same bucket at this point, And I'll take
1: whichever one's the cheapest. So, I mean, right now, Lamar Jackson is certainly the cheapest, Matt. And if, if that's, yeah. you know, if that's how you feel about him, that he's your QB one. Uh, I mean, I get everything you said and, and certainly the upside is there. Uh, when, when he's healthy, but looking at our, our latest super flex ADP, he's down to quarterback seven and uh, behind Burrow, behind Herbert, behind Dak even. So um, I I know when, when I see those gaps in my own rankings, if I've, if I've got a guy one and everybody else thinks seven, I'm trying to buy in in every single league. And obviously I'm sure you, I'm sure you are as well. Um, The other thing that I was looking at as we got ready for the show was a pretty cool app on uh, on DLF called the player scoring history app. And um, it it breaks down uh, what percentage of of the players games that they score as a top five option at their position or a top 12 option at their position. And and it goes deeper than that as well. And and this is where Josh Allen really stood out 48% of his games the past two seasons, Uh, so obviously nearly half of his games, he's been a top five quarterback. Uh, that's, that's the highest among any of the players we'll talk about today. And, uh, when you break that down to the, or or take it a little further down to the QB one. So we're talking top 12. That's where Patrick Mahomes stands out. He has the highest QB one score 69% of the time the past two seasons. He's a QB one.
0: So Mahomes and Allen, because of those numbers, they end up being the consensus tier one uh, quarterback ones. Uh, we'll jump over. Let's jump into quarterback two. And Ryan and I both had Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray in this tier to go along with a couple more guys, Matt, that you put all by themselves. So I guess technically the three of us all had the same six quarterbacks listed in our top six. Just me and Ryan had two guys in tier one. Matt, you had two guys in tier two. Those two guys were Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Matt.
2: Yeah, I mean, Burrow has been playing out of his mind the last month or so, including the playoffs, doing just things that he really wasn't doing most of the season. You know, he had a bunch of games. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but under 200 yards, one or two, one or no p- passing touchdowns uh, when they were more focused on the run game. But what he's done lately has really vaulted him up a tier or two, honestly, in, in my personal rankings. And then Herbert, I think. I mean, if we had to pick, put uh, Justin Herbert in the the top tier, I wouldn't really argue with anybody that wants to do that. Uh, The things that he was doing down towards uh, the, uh, down the stretch uh, at the end of the season was also pretty crazy uh, for somebody uh, who we thought was just going to be kind of a mechanical quarterback, you know, in like the Mariota style, both coming out of Oregon. And I think we found out that that was, probably just the system, at least for Herbert. Uh, so, and, he, and he really like takes off when the coaches kind of let him do his thing, like when they're down big and he just is out there freestyling. That's when Herbert really shines. So I hope Staley and the rest of the coaching staff sees that and doesn't try to uh, you know, hold him back, so to speak, uh, from what he can do with his talent. So both of those guys I wouldn't argue with anybody that put in Tier 2. And for me, those two are clearly ahead of uh, the quarterbacks that I have in Tier 3.
0: Yeah, Ryan and I both have Herbert and Burrow along with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I want to I want to bring this conversation back to Kyler Murray. Matt, you mentioned him as a guy you felt really comfortable putting him in tier 1. I actually had a little bit of trouble putting Murray in tier 2 because of the the tail off in his performance each of his first 3 years in the league. It seems like if you want to make the playoffs in your fantasy league, you want Kyler Murray as your quarterback. But if you want to win a championship, it's going to be difficult to do because he he gets banged around a little bit. He he runs early in the season. Once he has some of those nicks and scrapes and maybe even serious injuries, um his his fantasy output certainly tails off and you can you can probably point to DeAndre Hopkins' his injury this year, but even in years past, towards the end of the season, he seems like he wants to run to pass way more than he wants to run to make a big play with his legs. So he's not creating that kind of floor, that high floor that we always like out of these these running quarterbacks. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm pretty confident saying he's very much closer to the Tier 3 guys than he is to the top of Tier 2 for me. So I, I know you guys, and Ryan, you can speak on this as well, you guys probably want to... Uh, you know, feel pretty comfortable with Murray being in here and I'm a little bit queasy. I'm not sure that he's a guy, especially in these super flex leagues that I want to trust with a, with a dynasty championship contender moving forward because he does get banged up so much and so consistently.
1: Yeah, I I get the concern and and I've got that same concern. I've moved him down my rankings, but I I do feel comfortable with him here in, in this tier two with, uh, with Jackson, Herbert, and Burrow, the numbers overall, big picture, are still uh, still pretty impressive for Murray. As I said, I was using the player scoring history app. 43% of the time, he's giving you a top five game. That's uh, I believe that's third highest among all the players we'll talk about behind Allen and a couple of others. And then 63% of the time, a top 12 game. Uh, so, I still like the ceiling. You know, he started the season this past year with back-to-back QB one games, weeks one and two. And, we were all i think all three of us were probably ready to move him up to the qb1 uh, overall rank and and plenty of other people were as well and and then things slowed down uh we saw that inconsistency dan as you mentioned he he kind of quit running for some reason i don't get that but uh, I, I think we have to factor it into our valuation of him if if that running is, is not there if we can't count on 40 or 50 yards like we can from Allen and from Lamar, then it's hard to value him in that, in that same group.
0: We all remember in the middle of the season that Murray missed those couple games. Uh, he, he had the injury problems and that's really when, when things started going downhill for him and, and he, he stopped looking to run. He was still scrambling, he was still getting outside the pocket, but it seemed like his eyes were farther downfield, and he wasn't looking to make those electrifying big plays until really late in the season, when it seemed like the the team's uh, fortunes in the playoffs or, or their playoff seating really depended on him. He had to put the team on his back. The other thing that concerns me about Murray, and I don't I don't know if you guys do this, but I seem to I put a lot of stock into body language when I watch a player play. And that playoff game, he did not look like a guy that wanted to be on the field. Once they got down by a couple of scores, he didn't seem like he was really leading that team. I remember back to when he was drafted and he decided to play football over baseball. There was kind of a couple weeks there where, where people were wondering what was going to happen. And he did an interview, I think it was on Dan Patrick. And they asked him a question about baseball and he just like froze like, he didn't know what to say, and, and the whole interview went on that way, and I thought to myself, wow, that's an NFL quarterback. He, he doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of confidence, which is very weird because it, when, you, when you get him on the field, he has all kinds mm-hmm. of confidence. He's, he exudes it. But then they got down in that football game, and he looked like he wanted to curl into a ball, and he wanted to give yeah. up. Now maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I didn't like what i saw i out don't
1: i don't know if you caught this dan or, or or Matt, but um on that Monday night game, the playoff game they had the 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 manning mm-hmm. uh manning cast and that yeah. that's the you know when that's an option that's the one i watch so uh, of course Eli Thank and you. Peyton bringing on guest and um in that I believe it was the the fourth quarter they had russell wilson on, and you know arizona's down ten points or a couple touchdowns, whatever it was. And it, it's getting late. And it certainly, certainly was not looking good for them. And one of the Mannings asked Russell Wilson, what do you do in this situation? Um, and, and the, the screen was on the, on the action, on the, on the field. And Russell Wilson said, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm walking up and down the sidelines. I'm pacing the sidelines. I'm patting every, every player on the, on the butt, on the back and saying, this is it. We're in good shape. We got this. And the camera pans to Kyler Murray oh, no. and he's sitting on the bench <laughs> slouched almost pouting and it's I mean it was it, you know it was almost it was almost <laughs> funny honestly of the timing that Russell Wilson is saying this is what I would do this is what Kyler Murray is really doing and it, and it kind of goes to what you were saying there.
2: It's almost reminiscent of of seeing Cam dejected on the on on the sidelines with a towel over his head and just like, well, there's nothing I can do, you know that kind of thing. So I definitely get that. I do think, you know, I, I, I hate I hesitate to say that Hopkins was the reason why the 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 sole reason why, why the Cardinals kind of tanked down the stretch of the season. But when you do look at the rest of the receivers. I mean, they're nothing really to write home about. <laughs> you know, I like Christian Kirk is fine. I really love Rondale more. I think they don't, I don't think they really used him to the full extent of his capabilities. Uh, Zach Ertz is, you know, fine. But outside of that, I mean, you know, there's no superstar weapon for that team. You know, hopefully that changes for this offense.
0: We'll see how it plays out over this offseason. They got to get Hopkins back uh, in that receiving core and, and things will look good. I'm confident of that in September once again. I I really question how they're going to look in December and January moving forward with Kyler under center, though. I've moved him down my rankings, and as I said, we have this tier of four, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray. I would not trade one of those top three guys in that tier for Kyler Murray in a small piece. So I almost put him in tier three, which is where we're headed right now. There's a couple guys that all three of us listed here it's Dak Prescott and it's Jalen Hurts, Matt. So Prescott, another guy that has come under fire of dynasty managers, Jalen Hurts has as well. These guys have the ultimate weekly upside. They can put up quarterback one performances week in and week out for a stretch of the season, but there's been inconsistency with them as well. So talk to me about what, why you only listed these two players in tier three.
2: It was almost only one, in fact. It was almost only Hurts. You know, I could see Prescott being in the tier two. I feel like he is somebody else who's also been playing with, you know, some nagging injuries the entire season. He had that. Yeah, first of all, he's coming back from the foot injury. Then he had a knee. And then, like, like in training camp, I think, he had some kind of arm or elbow question, right? Uh, publicized on hard knocks. So I'm not convinced he was fully healthy the entire season. There were stretches where that Cowboys offense looked like what we thought they were going to be the entire season. A great quarterback, three of the best receiver, uh, one of the best receiver cores in the league, uh, all-stars at running back, you know, uh, great offensive line, all that stuff, a defense that looked ready to go. And it just never really came together, which is, you know, often a time – in the case with teams like this where we think there's just no holes um so uh, i think he could easily get back into tier two with, with a good season and then hurts uh I think the only really question mark with him is, are they going to commit to him long-term? And that's the the question we've had about him since the off season. And it seems like once Sirianni realized that what Hurst can do and what he's not, what he's good at and what he's not, they kind of tailored the offense around him. And he started to play better, both uh, from a real life perspective uh, and, you know, a dynasty perspective, maybe a little bit less because he wasn't kind of uh, uh, freelancing as much. Uh, but uh I don't know. I just don't feel like they're going to be able to find a better option at quarterback. And even if they do, then I feel like there's one, there's a team out there that's going to want to have Jalen Hurts and build, build an offense around him. So I'm not really concerned with that piece of the puzzle. It's just, I'd like to see a little bit more b- development from him as a passer. And I think we've started to see that uh, down the stretch of the season. So I'm comfortable with him here. I understand if you're worried about him not having a job next season, but I'm not worried about that.
0: I was pretty critical of Jalen Hurts in the middle of the season. In fact, there was a time I think on this show where I said he's not going to be the quarterback of the Eagles next season and then then what you just said there Matt happened and they started to tailor that offense to his strengths the thing that happened along with that though and I think you you might have touched on it there is his fantasy appeal went down when those things happened he he started taking care of the ball a little bit more and that did he didn't unlock that elite top of the line quarterback one overall upside that he did earlier in the season and late last season. So I think there's a little bit of give and take. I, I've backed off that stance a little bit, and it seems like the Eagles have, have maybe uh, backed him as their starting quarterback moving forward. They seem to want to, through the press, mention from time to time now that, that they're going to build around him, and that's a good thing. I, I have Jalen Hurts on a couple of teams. I'm cautiously optimistic that he takes another step forward so Prescott and Hurts, Ryan, both make up this tier for all three of us. You added a handful of young quarterbacks along with those two in Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, and then and Justin Fields. And then also threw in the uh, perennial quarterback one, it feels like. Russell Wilson, he has all the upside and always ends as a low-end quarterback one, even with a failure towards the end of the season. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, Wilson Wilson just snuck into this tier. Uh actually considered kind of putting him in his own tier uh we'll 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 get deeper here and maybe you'll you'll see why i didn't do that but as far as the the three rookie quarterbacks or i guess the guys coming off their rookie year trey lance trevor lawrence justin fields i I mean we would all agree that we're we're disappointed and basically everybody's disappointed with their rookie season i mean they were even being drafted as as qb1s in redraft leagues we were so excited about uh, their individual upside, and, and none of them hit that for different reasons. Uh, but I, I still trust in all three a, a, and believe in all three as high upside options. I have moved them down. I mean, at, at one point I had them above Jalen Hurts and um, and I think maybe even above Dak Prescott at, at one point. So um had to adjust a little bit, but I, I still think they fit in this tier. Matt talked about the questions surrounding Hurts. I agree with him that I don't have as many questions or, or certainly not those same questions anymore. Uh, But I look at those, all those young quarterbacks in kind of the same way that if they can answer that call and answer those questions, they're moving up to tier two or, or potentially even higher.
0: Yeah. All those guys have, have tier one upside really. It feels like, and maybe they didn't show that quite as much this past season. I had Trey Lance, In this tier as well. He's the only rookie I was willing, or or former rookie now, I guess, uh, I was willing to to put into tier three with Dak and Jalen Hurts. I still think that he is dripping, oozing with upside, and he's shown that. Uh, In spurts, of course, we haven't seen it for long stretches. It doesn't seem like Shanahan wants to unlock that entire offense when Lance is under center, whether that is because of the inaccuracies he's shown from time to time or or maybe he's just too young. Maybe it's that he has these specific plays that he's willing to mix him in on and that's the only thing that he really wants uh, Trey Lance to do when Garoppolo goes to the sideline. So when he's gotten his opportunities, he's shown enough to me and I know there's a lot of guys out there that, that are very uh, very much questioning whether Lance has that kind of upside. I can't not see it at this point. When I see him play, that that, that start that he had late in the season, I can't believe I heard negativity coming out of that. I, I really felt like that was an elite-type showing for Trey Lance, and and uh, I can't wait for next year. I, I really hope the 49ers don't go to the Super Bowl <laughs> or something and then they think they got to keep Jimmy around. Uh So we end up with just three in tier three guys. It's Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Trey Lance. The guys that you mentioned there, Ryan, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Russell Wilson, they all ended up in tier four as me and Matt both had each of them here. Now you did something a little bit different than us, and I can see where you're going with this. You only listed one player in tier four for good reason.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Deshaun Watson. Um, So we, we don't, we almost don't even need to have a conversation about the on-field Deshaun Watson because we know the upside. Uh, and, and if and when he gets back on the field, he vaults up at least one tier, maybe two, maybe even three. Um, we also don't need to – I don't think we need to have a conversation about the off-field because it's, it's still such an unknown. Uh, there's, there's a chance he never plays in the league again. There's a chance he starts week one of, of this coming season. We just don't know. It, it is a wait-and-see I think the real conversation for us is how do you mix those two things and come up with a dynasty value? So that's what I tried to do. I put him in his own tier. Uh, I don't think it's fair really to try to rank him against some of the young quarterback quarterbacks like Lance or Fields. Uh, I look at some of the veterans that we'll get to in a moment, guys like Rogers and Stafford. I have lower than him. And, and I guess ultimately what I decided is – even if he misses all of 22, if he's suspended for all of 22, 22, or or even in jail, honestly, um, I still want him over over the rest of these guys. Knowing or or at least presuming he'll be back in 2023.
0: For me, I had Deshaun Watson in this tier with those young quarterbacks, the, these these rookie quarterbacks, with Matthew Stafford, with Russell Wilson, with. Aaron Rodgers. And the reason for me just came down to I can see myself on a team with Deshaun Watson, moving him straight up for one of those young guys if my roster construction uh, looks looks more like I'd, I'd rather have somebody that's for sure on the field, I'm, I'm building towards the future and I can't take the risk with Deshaun Watson, I could also see myself trying to jump into Russell Wilson and grab a copy of him instead if I'm a contender and I feel like I can win a league this year and I'm not sure Deshaun Watson's going to be uh, on the field for my for my team. So I had Watson in here as well. Matt you you bumped him down one more tier uh from tier four to tier five talk to me about what you were thinking with Watson
2: yeah I just I just thought about it and you know if if you know, again, we can tier these things a million different ways. If we're talking about trades and I'm trying to put myself in a situation, I, I think I can understand putting him here uh, in terms of, you know, like th- this is where kind of the upside ends after that that tier three. Like after that, we're looking at players that we're okay as having our, probably as our quarterback two, probably aren't very excited about having them as our quarterback one. Uh, and Watson, we certainly would be, but I just can't see him, She trading him for a locked in guy that I know I can count on as my quarterback one. And that's why I moved him uh, down a tier. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely understand the upside and the draw for it, and I would not not uh, give anybody a hard time for, for putting him here. I just wouldn't trade. My my tier four is Wilson, Lance, Fields, Lawrence, Rogers, and Stafford. And there's just no way unless I, I see myself in like a two or three year rebuild project where I could I consider trading any of those guys for Watson uh, without uh, a significant amount uh, coming back.
0: Hmm. So tier four ends up with no uh Consensus guys, we did end up with Watson, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Stafford, and Rogers. Matt and I pretty much had the same tier, except I had Deshaun Watson and he had Trey Lance in this one. I, I was one higher on him, so we end up with a with a tier of six players. Even though we didn't have any consensus guys, tier five, we did find a handful of consensus guys. It was Tua Tungavola. Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, and Kirk Cousins. Ryan, the news on Tom Brady. Maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's not. He's going to take some time to think about it. Not necessarily inside this tears, but what is your general feel of Tom Brady? And if you're a dynasty manager with him on your
1: roster, you pretty much just got to wait it out, right? You know, actually, in some ways, it's kind of similar to the Deshaun Watson conversation. Um it's weird because yeah. there, there, <laughs> there is some obvious unknown, um, not certainly not the same kind of unknown, but, um, if Brady's on the field, this is where I value him. I I've got him ranked over Kirk cousins and Derek Carr and, 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 and several others, uh, kind of those lower end QB two types. Um, uh, and, and even if, even if he were to announce he he's coming back, but 2022 will be his last season. This is probably still where I would have him ranked right. or perhaps even move him up. I've got Ryan Tannehill above him right now. And, and I, I could even see him moving up a couple spots just with that certainty of knowing he's got one more year. Um, but the uncertainty right now, and, and obviously if he retires, he's, he's gone from this list. Um, that that's where I ended up with him, ranked.
0: We all, you and I also had Mac Jones and Zach Wilson inside this tier. i, I I felt a little bit squeamish about where to put these these other uh, in in quotation marks these other rookie quarterbacks. Mac Jones's rookie season was was much better than Zach Wilson's. I personally still see the upside with Zach Wilson as well. It really feels like this is a tier of the starting NFL quarterbacks that I don't really mind putting in my starting lineup for one reason or another. Uh, Tua certainly fits that. Kirk Cousin fits that. And then these two young guys, I want them on my roster still. If I have to start them in a super flex, I'm willing to do that. The guys below this, I'm looking for other options.
1: Yeah, honestly, um, after this is tier five we're in. And after we get past this tier, we'll get into some of the names. But even in a super flex league, I don't have much interest beyond this. Um, I'm glad we're we're stacked at the top and we've got... Uh, we've got 10 quarterbacks that are 25 years and 25 years old and younger that look like superstars. I'm glad because the, the depth, uh, is not there. Once you get past, uh, probably 20 or so it, it's pretty ugly.
0: I actually included a couple other guys because of those reasons that I mentioned. If I'm in a super flex league, and I got to start a QB2. Who are the guys that I'm okay sliding into that slot in my lineup? I threw Derek Carr in there because I don't mind if he's my QB2. QB Hopefully he's your quarterback three, obviously. I also put Carson Wentz in there. And I know he was up and down, uh, a little more down, especially late in the season. But I still have, have faith that that former MVP candidate is in there somewhere and he'll get unlocked down the road in Indianapolis. Matt, you had those four consensus guys, Tua, Tannehill, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and then obviously Deshaun Watson was in there. You were the only one to consider Baker Mayfield right here. Yeah, I just think he had a down year. If we go back
2: to 2020, I think his season was was much better, more consistent. Uh, you know, a, a half of the season he had Donovan Peoples-Jones as, as his only wide, wide receiver when when Odell was out or really not paying attention most of the season in, in Cleveland and then Jarvis Landry injury. And then he was thrown to like three different tight ends. Uh, I mean, this is a run-based attack, and that's what they're going to continue to be under, under the current regime. Uh, but I think there's a better quarterback in there than we saw in 2021. Uh, I think this is a borderline playoff team. They are, they had that weird uh, weird game where if they won, they would have been first in the division. If they lost, they were out of the playoffs and they ended up losing. Uh, so, I don't know. I have a little bit more faith in him, and I'm I'm excited about his upside a little bit more than the players in my next tier, which includes uh, guys you already mentioned like Carr and Wentz.
0: Yeah, so we end up with, with six names in Tier 5. We should get through Tier 6 real quick before we jump over to the tight ends, guys. We had a couple consensus quarterbacks here, Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan. We also ended up with Baker Mayfield. Ryan and I both had him in this tier. And then Derek Carr and Carson Wentz, you guys you guys had him as well. Uh, among these guys, we're about 25 deep among the quarterbacks. So the, the quarterback twos are covered now. Among these guys, at the bottom of those quarterback
1: twos, Ryan, is there anything really noteworthy? I stuck uh, I stuck Jordan Love in this tier um, just thinking about the, the potential future. When we have seen him, um, it, it hasn't been great, but if Aaron Rodgers does leave uh, or does move on from Green Bay, if it's Jordan Love, uh, he's going to see a value bomb, no matter what we've seen from these small samples of, of playing time he's had over the past season. He he's going to have a value bump, and and he would be right in this tier with Jared Goff and Jameis Winston. Um, I mean, when I look at these guys, Garoppolo included, Went Carson Wentz included as well. I don't think we can say with one hundred percent certainty they're going to be twenty twenty one or I'm sorry twenty twenty two starters. Uh, actually, Derek Carr is probably the only one we can. Maybe that means I should move him up out of this tier, but um, that that's definitely not a a huge vote of confidence for Jordan love, but it's more of, uh, he's got the upside where some of these guys are, are on the downswing.
0: Who jumps out for you, Matt?
2: Uh, He's in the next tier for me, but I would say Jameis Winston. I I think he had a fine season before he went out. Uh, uh, Only three interceptions in the seven and a half games he played, which is definitely not the Jameis Winston that we had expected. So if he comes back from that injury, I think he has a chance to move up a couple of tiers here and be back in our good graces. Uh, A couple of explosion games, a five-touchdown game in Week 1, obviously against our Packers, Dan. A four-touchdown game in Week 5. And then only one implosion game Week 2 against the Panthers where he had no touchdowns and two interceptions. So uh, I still have faith in Jameis is coming back and being a starting quarterback
0: i'm looking forward to seeing what happens there in new orleans of course all the questions around sean payton and if he'll be back now that's that's kind of an odd question to be asking but apparently people are asking it uh and then the quarterback situation they they probably will try to address it whether they whether they accomplish that goal or not we'll see uh, let's quickly recap these quarterback tiers. Tier one, just two names, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Then tier two went Justin Bur- or Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. In tier three, we had three quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Trey Lance. Then in tier four, a handful of guys, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers. In tier five, it was Tua Tungabaloa. Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. And then Tier 6, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, and Carson Wentz. We didn't mention those guys, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston, uh, Davis Mills, Jared Goff, Taysom Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold. We all had them listed, but we had them in Tier 7 and Tier 8. Before we get to the tight end tiers, we should talk about our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight Daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Even if you've played DFS in the past, your experience with Monkey Knife Fight will feel completely different. No more competing against professional players or working through time-consuming salary caps. With Monkey Knife Fight, you choose from unique, easy-to-play games, including the popular More or Less contests, where you can bet on if your favorite NFL player will have more or less yards than predicted. I sure hope you had all the overs in that Chiefs, uh, football game this past weekend. Sign up for a new account with Monkey Knife Fight uh, with a first time dis- deposit and receive a full year of DLF premium for free. In addition, Monkey Knife Fight will match the deposit total up to $100 with the promo code DLF. That's it. That's all you have to do. Your DLF subscription will be set up within 36 hours and you'll have access to everything we have to offer at Dynasty League Football com. So go log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Click the image for Monkey Knife Fight and follow the instructions to get started today. Ryan, you and I both did pretty good on that Chiefs game the other night. Took a lot we of did overs. Okay on that one. Uh, did, did, did pretty good in those prop games. Let's get into these tight ends. T- Tier 1's pretty easy, guys. We, it was a clean sweep, one name, just Kyle Pitts, Matt. Did you consider anybody else?
2: Yeah, I mean, just because of my perceived personal bias for Kyle Pitts. I consider putting the next two guys. (laughs) Listen, I did trade away three shares down the stretch of Kyle Pitts to try to uh, help myself get a title and and for that final run. So uh, I am not incapable of trading him off of my teams. But I did consider putting uh, the next two guys, uh, Kittle and Andrews, up there with them. You know, I think you can throw all three of these guys in a basket and and pick the one you like. If you think you want some more consistent production, you probably take Andrews or Kittle. If you want the upside, you probably take Pitts. Kittle for me, you know, he has a little bit of injury concern. But uh, these three guys for me are clearly the top. And if you want to throw them all in the same tier that's fine with me but for Pitts you know based on the age based on what he did his rookie season yes it was impressive it wasn't disappointing to me despite the only one touchdown more yardage than any tight end since my dick 60 years ago on and on I can talk about him for days but uh, I'll leave it there he's he's the tight end one with a bullet uh, and I think he's a fringe first round pick in in Dynasty startups.
0: Ryan it feels like through ADP the Dynasty community has spoken and has put in Kyle put Kyle Pitts in a in a tier by himself. He at at 9 in our ADP with an ADP of 11.33. Then you have to go all the way down to 27 for Mark Andrews and 36 for George Kittle. We all seem to value Pitts at a higher level. It's going to be hard to get a one-for-one one trade at this point. You're going to have to put something pretty sweet on top to move up from one of these tier 2 guys to Kyle Pitts.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I talked about the player scoring history app I was using. Another pretty cool tool on DLF is our ADP history app. And if you check that out, you will see that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and Mark Andrews and Darren Waller and Hawkinson and basically all these other players we'll talk about have zero career uh, or uh, I'm sorry, have never finished in the first round of, of one of our monthly ADP mocks and uh Kyle Pitts has done that I believe 3 times now. So 3 times he's been a first rounder, 3 months straight. Uh and and Travis Kelsey has never done that. So that that's kind of crazy to think about. Certainly the community is is 100% believing the hype and I think he's uh, he's not the 101 certainly overall in dynasty. I don't think some people would would put him there. Uh but I think he might be the hardest player to acquire in dynasty. He for me he's the 104 right now in a one quarterback league. I think I want both
2: of the receivers that we talked about Jefferson and Chase and maybe the maybe maybe uh a Jonathan Taylor if I'm going to build around running backs from there. Uh, but after that, it's it's Kyle Pitts for over everybody else for me.
0: I don't know about you guys, but I'm trading Pitts, moving down to one of these other tight ends and getting getting that sweetener on top because it feels like it's a first round rookie pick or or close to that. To, to move
1: down to one of these guys considering that 80. Oh, I think you can get way more than that. Like are are you saying oh, are you it, saying like Andrews in a first for for Pitts? Oh, yeah. I think you if you can get more than that, I think you, you can get I, way more that. than that. I considered putting
0: putting Mark Andrews in the same tier coming off the season that he just had where where he wasn't the 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 tight end one or whatever. He was the tight end one he was the guy. He was the number one guy in that offense. He His shadow just lurked all over Hollywood Brown in the second half of the season, and it didn't matter who's playing quarterback for him. That is the kind of player that we want Kyle Pitts to become, right? With a little bit more of down, downfield, uh, down the seam, down the sideline type upside, maybe than Andrews offers. Andrews offers five, seven, nine catches a game every single game, and he's getting at least one red zone look a game and he's coming through on those i you know i, I just i love Pitts too but if Pitts becomes what mark andrews did this season we will be happy with that and andrews has already done done yeah it. i'm
1: not saying you shouldn't make that type of trade i'm just saying that the Pitts, uh you should the, aim the Pitts train is is, is out of control and you can get you can get <laughs> more than andrews in a first uh, i mean looking you know, I saw that train going by, and it was Matt's face yeah, in the yeah, front, yeah. just
0: just chugging, chugging, chugging <laughs> down the road. Gosh, right? I was gonna that? say you
2: need to make me offer in, in some league, <laughs> so I'd probably pay that, Dan.
0: <sighs> um. So Kyle Pitts makes up tier one, tier two, just two names for each one of us: Mark Andrews and George Kittle. Kind of a kind of surprising. I thought maybe at least one of us would have Travis Kelsey in there, but 32 years old, going to be 33. We saw we saw cracks in the armor, chinks in the armor. You know, he he. It really wasn't the same Travis Kelsey. Although he was dominant and he had he had some huge games, he also disappeared a couple times. And I think we all see what's coming at this point. So we all put him down in tier three. How close was he to tier two for you, Ryan?
1: He was close. I mean, the numbers. You said it. The numbers are dominant. I've I've been, as I said, been using this app to to kind of get some perspective of what these guys have really done over the past two seasons. Just for reference, the highest tight end one percentage of any of the players we'll talk about today. uh, uh, The second highest is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been a tight end one, a top 12 tight end 65% of his games over the past two seasons. Travis Kelsey has been a top five tight end 71% of the time. So, I mean, just lapping the field in production uh, not only over the past two years, but over the past uh, the past five years. he uh, Mark Andrews broke Kelsey's string of finishing as the tight end one in four straight years, and it's, it's really only that age, only that number 32 that pushes him out of the second tier for me.
0: Matt, for you, you only put Travis Kelsey's name in tier three. You thought there was a line between him and anybody else. It's clearly because of that elite production for so long obviously you're still expecting him to put up big numbers for the next year or two
2: yeah i mean i i would i I would have him closer to tier two than i would to 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 tier four to be honest with you or or, or closer to these next guys that i have in tier four with hawkinson and waller hawkinson you know we expected him to be the guy and he was at times this season but i don't know i just I, i feel like i expected more and then waller opened opened the season with that huge like 19 target game and then just kind of he was fine. He was a tight end. He was a, you know, mid tight end one when he was on the field before he got hurt. So, uh, you know, maybe that huge production comes back. Maybe the offense continues to run through him, but I have to think that the Raiders are going to, uh, bring in some, some wide receiver talent. Finally. I know they've tried, uh, with rugs and with, with Brian Edwards, who's a bus, and now they have Renfro, uh, kind of heating up. And I, I really do think that Uh, Renfro and Waller occupy similar areas of the field and Renfro produced when Waller was on the field and Waller had games where he didn't Um, so uh, I think the production has dropped a little bit I'm not sure if it comes back so those guys are nowhere near Kelsey for me Uh, so that's why Kelsey is still in the same tier or in his own tier
0: Yeah, Ryan and I we we both put Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson in in this tier and I, I think the only reason I did it Ryan you can speak on this as well is because if I'm ready to move on from Kelsey, those are the only two guys below there that I'm considering in a straight up deal. um, If that's the best I can do. Other than that, Kelsey is, is clearly um, in a league of his own among these tier three tight ends.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, And I, I would agree with, with your statement there. Actually, I, I almost put Hawkinson in the tier below Again, kind of falling into that trap we we talked about last week of trying to group the older players together. Uh, Kelsey and, and Waller being a little bit older, certainly older than than Hawkinson, but ultimately the the value is kind of what what one out there, and, and and I do believe uh, they they have similar value, at least worthy of being in the same tier. So just one guy in Tier 1, Kyle Pitts, two guys in Tier
0: 2, Mark Andrews and George Kittle, and then three guys in Tier 3, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and TJ Hawkinson. Can we keep it going and get four guys in Tier 4? Probably not. (laughs) Dallas Goddard is the only guy that is a consensus Tier 4 guy. Matt, you had him there with TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller.
2: Yeah, I think he's he's the line for me. Honestly, if if I'm a competing team, Dallas Goddard is the line of the tight end that I'd really like to have. Uh, On my team, and we saw what happened down the stretch. Him and and Hertz really seemed to form a connection, especially once uh, Hertz finally took off. Uh, We thought that was going to happen at the beginning of the season, before the season, and didn't. Hertz kind of stole stole some of his production early on, Uh, and once once he was gone, he kind of it it was it was it wasn't right away. It wasn't like Hertz was gone and immediately Goddard became uh, a a, a super stud. That didn't happen until later in the season, once the offense changed a little bit, like we talked with with Hertz. Um, But he's he's the next guy for me. He's the one who could be in tier three next season pretty easily uh, if things go right for him. He's the number two target in that offense. Uh, and uh, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say about him. We've been waiting for forever. It seems like for, for Goddard to get his own position uh, and he find be the only, the only game in town at his position. And he finally did that. So I, I think the sky's the limit for him.
0: Ryan, you and I both put Pat Friermuth with Dallas Goddard in this tier talk to talk to me about Pat Fryermuth and his upside considering everything that's going on in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I don't I actually don't know if upside's the word I think of when I think of a Fryermuth, but um just the consistency is is what I have seen and um the same reasons that we're kind of excited about Deontay Johnson, a a, a player that has played so well and now, you know, fingers crossed he's going to get a quarterback upgrade uh make make me feel good about Friar Meath as well. There was so much of
0: his production that came from that those touchdowns in the middle of the season, between weeks Eight and 12, he scored five touchdowns in five games. Then in week 14, he scored again. He had the concussion late in the season, but for a stretch of the season of about six weeks, guys, he was a top three scoring fantasy football tight end. Top four if you're in half PPR or standard leagues. but uh, Or top three in standard, uh, Top top four if you're in PPR leagues. Because he wasn't getting peppered with targets, he was he was making he was getting regular targets in the red zone. We always talk about how a tight end can suddenly jump into the top twelve for the week because he caught a touchdown. Seems like Friermuth is getting those t- those opportunities every single week, and he's cashing in on them. I don't know if that's going to continue, but it really feels like he gets mish- mismatches every single week down there because of all those other options that are on the field. You can't. Go out there and look at Chase Claypool and say, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna double Friermuth and and let Claypool go one on one with our five nine corner." You can't let that happen. So I think Friermuth continues to get that touchdown upside, and that's why he belongs in tier four. Maybe that's what I meant with potential mm-hmm. or upside yeah. with Friermuth. And I think it might be a little bit quarterback proof. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's for sure quarterback proof, but. Uh, Friarmuth might be just a little bit because of his,
1: his elite
0: potential in the red zone. Yeah.
1: I guess I just look at some of the names above him and, and think friarmuth' it Does he have much room? He'll, he'll never grow. be a, 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 a tier one dynasty tight end, you know, like it, it, he just feels a little capped. Um, I, I think he's got some room yep. to grow, uh, for, uh, ranking wise. Um, He could, you know, he could move up a couple spots. He could be a top five guy potentially, but, you know, he's never going to be the tight end one in Dynasty. The second he has, like, one of those huge, like, robert tanya-esque
2: like 13 t- 14 touchdown seasons i think that's when i sell pat fryer because i think that's where all like you've mentioned that's where all the upside comes with him he's never going to be a heavy target guy uh, unless all the wide receivers get injured or, or, or get traded away or something you know so uh that's why i, I had him a, a tier below you guys i just i just don't see the the consistency i, I mean touchdowns are just not consistent if he if he proves me wrong that's great, but I just I just see him. We we I think we've talked about it before, and, and other people have talked about it. He's like Heath Miller. He's going to be a back end tight end one for his entire career, and that's fine. But he, he doesn't have that upside to to be a, a a really a huge different maker difference maker from a season long perspective. Weekly, yeah, absolutely. Multi touchdown game upside, absolutely. But I just don't think it's coming every single weekend. When he doesn't get that touchdown, then you're going to be pretty unhappy. Which again, I guess is the same for all back half tight end ones.
0: Yeah, there there are definitely going to be games where it's two catches for 28 yards and you're saying, oh no, that, that ruined my week. But there will be the six for 110 and two touchdown game and he wins you a week as well. So I think that's probably why he fits so well with Dallas Goddard. Maybe his upside is second half of this season, Dallas Goddard, when he didn't have Ertz to deal with. I liked what you you said there, Matt. Uh Dallas Goddard's the end of the line for me. That's where I feel comfortable with a starting tight end. I feel the same way, but I'm willing to put Fryermuth just a just in there right with him um so Goddard and friarmuth are the only two tight ends in tier four. Then things get kinda squirrely we we get to we get into some veterans that have been around the block, some guys that have been around and only had one or two nice seasons shown a little upside but hasn't haven't really cashed in. We ended up with three. Tier 5 consensus tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, and Mike Gusecki. There's some other names that we need to talk about. Uh, Ryan, you and I both had Noah Fant in here. Um, Matt, you had Friermuth, as we talked about, and then Zach Ertz. But at this point, I think we can all agree, Matt, that you're you're really looking for a touchdown every single week. There's not going to be a whole lot of consistency moving forward. I I mostly
2: agree with that, but I do think just because of the structure of the Cardinals offense and the lack of really anything behind DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Christian Kirk could be gone. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll get Rondell Moore on board, but otherwise, it, it, you know, Ertz had some very nice games in the second half of the season for the Cardinals, had three games of at least 10 targets. Uh, so I think he's going to be involved, uh, uh, with them. So just from that production standpoint, I think he's going to be more consistent than the guys that I have ranked below him. So I'm okay with him here, despite the fact that he's old, he's probably super cheap. Uh, nobody really wants them on their team. So uh, as a depth piece or, or a, maybe a starter, while one of your, your young, super talented guys are, are kind of working. Uh, and to becoming a consistent starter, he's somebody I think can fill in uh, pretty pretty nicely for a contending team. I
1: guess I just don't see how you put Ertz and Gronk in it. They belong in the same tier to me. I guess – I think that's fair. I think the the
2: difference is, is that we know that Ertz is probably going to be playing for a little bit longer, and we're not sure if Gronk is. That's really the, the difference with the two for me.
1: I guess. I mean, I think I think they're it, the same age. It, to
0: be I mean, fair – Matt had Ertz in tier five and Gronk down in Tier Seven. So <laughs> I'm just not, not convinced he's coming tier, back. Not with just, one difference. I'm just not convinced he's coming back, that's all. I'm not either, but I, I do agree that and, those two belong together and if Gronk comes back, we can just pencil his name in as one of the twelve tight end ones. I would then, I would, would one like 22? you
2: guys or one or both of you guys to talk about Fant because I just don't think he's very good. We have, we've had reports ever since he come into the league that he's not really a workout guy. Uh, you know, in, in practice, he doesn't give full effort. He hasn't really put it on the field. He's not going to be a top two target in that offense. You know, maybe they get a quarterback and that unlocks him. Uh, but I just don't see it with him. I think Albert O is just as good, if not better than Fant in most as- aspects of the game.
0: Never put it on the field. Were you watching week 17 <laughs> when nobody started him? <laughs> And he caught the touchdown and caught, like, seven for 95 yards. And everybody was, oh, my gosh, he's maddening to have on a dynasty roster, Ryan. But he does have those moments where you're like, that's the guy coming out of Iowa and going to to the Broncos, the seam stretching, uh, pass catching, tight end. And we just haven't seen enough of it. There's no consistency. And he just mixes in perfectly with the rest of those upside, you know, super – hype filled wide receivers in Denver that they haven't be, been able to put a quarterback
1: with. Yeah. I think, uh, I've, I've got he, and I've got Fant and Mike Gasecki here in the same tier. And, and I really think they're similar, uh, similar players in a lot of way, in a lot of ways, and, and certainly similarly valued, um, I would like to see a quarterback upgrade for both of them. Uh, Gasecki is set to be a free agent, yep. uh, and we know we want we know we want the quarterback in Denver for for Fant, for Sutton, for Judy. Uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, this for both of these guys, it's just an upside play. Uh, Dawson Knox uh, and uh, Schultz also in this tier. They've already shown their upside. Uh, I think they're two of the most undervalued players in dynasty right now. And absolutely two guys I would be targeting. Um, and, and we just, you know, we want Fant and Gusecki to get to that level where they're a little more consistent as as we saw from Knox and Schultz.
0: Yeah, consistent is a, a good word. You mentioned that they have some upside. They showed some consistency, but unfortunately with both of those guys, Schultz and Knox, they had real dud games in big moments as well. We're talking zero catches for Dawson Knox in the in a playoff game when he had been so consistent for four or five weeks. And that's going to happen with all those weapons in ball in Buffalo, especially when you have a quarterback and Josh Allen that suddenly decides he's going to run it seventeen times in a game, and there there's just not enough footballs to go around. I think, I so think that just the, goes back. This tier is yeah. mad. I think
1: that just goes back to what you were saying at the top of the tier that once you get out of the top six or eight, it, it, he, you know, it's, it, it's, it's rough. rough. It's rough. I, I do
2: have, I do have some concerns with, with Schultz. I mean, it was a great season. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was possible based on all the weapons they have at the receiver position. And he, he proved me wrong there, but I do feel a little bit get a similar vibes with him as we did with uh, Robert Tanya after his big season, I just, I'm not sure that that is going to be a repeatable I think, think Tanya was just, really Tanya was
1: so t- touchdown base though. It's true. And that's true. And Tanyan was the only option. Um, Schultz was Schultz came from behind, right? I mean, uh, Blake Jarwin was the starter penciled in as the starter two years in a row and Schultz beat him out. Uh, well, took advantage of the injury in 2020 and then f- flat out beat him out this year. Um, Schultz performed when, when Gallup and Amari were on the field, when they were off the field, it didn't matter. And I know he was inconsistent, and had the dud games, like Dan said, but um, I don't, I don't have that, those questions. The only question is, does he stay in Dallas? He's also a free agent. Uh, if if he gets a big deal uh, for, you know, the Jaguars or somebody, then I don't, I don't feel so great about him.
0: Yeah. 11 games with at least five catches. He had multi-touchdown games twice in 2021. Schultz was a guy that won you weeks and provided a lot of consistency. But as I mentioned, that game in the middle of the season, one catch for four yards and ran all those routes and and only came down with one grab, I think only on one target. That is the downside of this tier of tight end. Um, Let's quickly get through tier six guys, a handful of guys that were consensus, some upside, some veterans, Hunter Henry, Cole Komet, Logan Thomas, Evan Ingram, and Tyler Higbee. We also end up with Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, and Irv Smith Jr., a guy with some upside out of this tier that we haven't seen enough of. I actually babbled with myself to to consider Irv Smith Jr. in Tier 5 just because there's still the unknown with him, and he's in line once again to get a lot of looks, Ryan.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair, and and I did the same thing, considered him uh with with Knox Schultz fan and and that group. So I I think that's fair. It is just a little bit more of the unknown uh with the injury and really just having you know one year under his under his belt as an NFL player. So he's certainly a a guy I could see boosting up. We've got Gronk and Ertz uh in this tier. Kind of already talked about them. The player that that's kind of jumping out to me right now and I know you guys I'm pretty sure you guys are both on board, is Evan Ingram. Want him to find a new home and uh, maybe a player we should be trying to target in dynasty leagues before free agency kicks off in March.
0: Yeah, just a change of scenery, a change of offensive philosophy, an opportunity to get
1: down the field
0: a little bit, Matt. Absolutely. Matt, what do you think about this tier and even tier seven, the guys below that?
2: Yeah, Ingram was a guy I was going to point out. uh, Change of scenery, all that stuff. Also needs to stay healthy. Hasn't been the same since his rookie season. Cole Komet, I think, is a riser with Allen Robinson gone. They have Darnell Mooney and... Uh, Cole Komet, (laughs) I think. So that meets my criteria um, there. And then Logan Thomas, I think, is is probably still going to be a very consistent starter for us down the stretch. From the upside guys, uh, I think we should talk about Brevin Jordan. I think you guys both hated him. He was my tight end two or three this season, uh, or in the rookie class, rather. Um, And he showed some stuff for Houston, even with terrible quarterback play. Uh, so excited to see him. Hopefully I can pick up a couple of shares of Brevin Jordan cheap this offseason. Yeah,
0: I think you'll be able to at this point with Brevin Jordan. And he did show a few things. Uh, got down the seam that in that one play. I think it was against Tennessee. That was an exciting play and showed his like raw upside. And maybe he has something there down there. Guys, in, on the other episodes, I asked you if there was a player from those position groups that we're trying to buy. We got to do this really quick. I'll do mine first at quarterback. I'm not going to say anybody other than Trey Lance. That's the guy. You got to buy him uh, <laughs> if you got a shot to. He's up there, though, in the rankings, of course. And then at tight end, I, I wanted to say Friarmuth, but you guys kind of talked me out of it because he is almost capped out on his upside. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. I'm going to go with Evan Ingram uh, just because of the-, the unknown about where he lands. Ryan, are there a couple guys for you?
1: Yeah, I think I'm ready to gamble on Deshaun Watson, check on his price, Uh, certainly in Superflex leagues, and at tight end, uh, I already mentioned Knox and Schultz as two guys I'll be going after. How about you, Matt? Uh, it's tough for me at a quarterback
2: because I want to buy Lamar Jackson since I, I apparently I'm higher than everybody sure. else in the in the community. If he's quarterback seven and I have him a quarterback one, that seems to be my my real answer was going to be Jalen Hurts. Though I just think I have less questions than most people do. And then a tight end, I agree with you on Hunter. Uh, excuse me on uh, Evan Ingram. And then I'll, I think I'm going to be trying to buy Cole Comet as well. Okay, I,
0: I, Zach Ertz would be a nice one to buy if you're looking somebody for somebody to Chief. fill in. I, I like what you had to say there too as well, Matt. We mentioned that it was. Episode 499, episode 500's coming. We got something special uh, planned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then a little bit of switch to how we produce the show beyond that, 501 and beyond. Uh, going to have a little bit of a new wrinkle here on the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We're excited to bring it to you. We'll be here all year. Lots of mock drafts coming up. Lots of talk about this incoming rookie class. We're really going to flip the switch in the next couple of weeks. So stay with us. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.